Now tell me if you remember No telling if you remember I'll never forget I'll never forget Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. My guest today is Liz Westman. Pronouns are she, her. How are you today, Liz? Hi, I'm I'm here. I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. Can you introduce yourself to the audience, please? Yeah. Hi, I'm Liz Westman. Um, I am a, a troublemaker that is based in Portland, Oregon. Um, I have been in tech for two decades, and I'm working my way into moving into other fields. And I genuinely enjoy the um, ethos and drive of, of this, and it's nice to speak with everyone. I feel like, you know, we're not getting enough middle-class white women of middle-aged perspectives on these things right now. Just oh, okay, well, let, we can start there. What, what, you, no, 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 that's perfect. So what <laughs> unique perspective does a middle-class white woman have of a certain age in um, tech? <laughs> oh, yeah. it's. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that, well, one, I was completely kidding. I feel like there's nothing but this. And it's exhausting and obnoxious. And, you know, if I want to make a scene, I go to Whole Foods where REI or the Subaru dealership, you know, I give my friends photographs of me to get 15% off at the Gap. You know, like I do, I stay in my lane. But um, ultimately, you know, I have never been good at making white people comfortable. And I was raised to actually tell the truth and to keep asking questions until I actually, my, my parents were solid on intellectual curiosity and feeding, feeding a really hyperactive little kid's imagination with actual facts and science and historical information. And so when I'm in a place like Portland where I pass as the dominant majority group, um, it is actually kind of important to make sure and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna word this delicately, but to to call out the white liberal racism. That let's say, why does it have to be? This is a grown up show. You don't have to be delicate. Go ahead. <laughs> well, okay. So it. So I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and my parents moved us out to the suburbs, which I was not a fan of, and protested the whole way, and basically spent my time kind of studying there, studying how people thought that were just very much not of the same political views that I was. And um, like all children, I hated Ronald Reagan. And, (laughs) uh, but watching that and then going to a school like Grinnell College and then working in media and then ending up in a place that on paper seems like it would be the opposite of where I actually grew up, but has a lot of similarities. I think that it's important as actually a middle aged, middle class white person to say, hey, this doesn't work. Your mentality is flawed understand your perspective just because things work for you doesn't mean that it works for other people and keep going yeah 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 um but you know I was raised by people who were not middle class and were the first people in their generations to go to college they brought I mean I 
I made a joke about Carter and free to be you and me, but I really was brought up in a really, it was really wonderful. I watched Sesame Street and was mostly jealous that they got to bounce on old mattresses because the rest of it just kind of aligned with my childhood. And so when I went out into this very, very white suburb and everyone was really right wing, it's uh, Brookfield, Wisconsin. If you remember the place that had the mall protest where they're like, open the mall. And the woman had the the sign about needing a haircut. Actually, it was wanting a haircut. Oh, you're talking about at the, um, and during the pandemic? At the yeah. Pandemic. Yes, okay. Well, I mean, we're still in the pandemic. I mean, I mean when they yeah, were yeah. trying to unlock the cities. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, I see that and then I move, and then I moved out to Portland about 10 years ago. And I'm seeing kind of a similar set of things where, um, you know, when people are comfortable, they tend, especially dominant white middle-class culture, which people just love to think is the dominant culture. They like to really truly subscribe to the theories that what they're thinking is the mainstream idea, what they're thinking is how things are right. And if they're constantly being reinforced this information, it makes them too comfortable and they kind of get placated. And it, I see this so much in Portland and it just makes me very unhappy. So I can't, um, there was a, a specific tweet that caught my attention that, at, that caused me to ask you to be on the show and it's no longer there. I don't know why. I mean, if you deleted it or what. Um, um, yeah, you said you had a, it was calling out um, some really awful misogyny that was just a, a blank template or just one of the defaults for um, an IT thing Mm -hmm. and saying that tech was, was not neutral and IT was not neutral. And and I had seen, I'd been following you for at least a month and a half or two, but the second I I saw that, you know, cause a scene, I was like, Oh, this is, this is so overly needed in every possible way with IT. And I jumped on and was like, I want to help you wherever, wherever I can. I have two decades of experience. I've worked for really big companies. I can call them out. So again, so I don't have, I don't remember what that tweet was. And so we're going to leave that there. But now, because this show just goes where the hell I feel like making it go. <laughs> um, I still wanted to talk to you because of some of the things that you said when I said, hey, that tweet was, and you tried to give me a synopsis of it. And I was like, oh, this is just an angry white woman. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's accurate. I was like, so if nothing else, we can have a conversation about why the hell you're so angry. Oh, because this (laughs) shit has been going on forever. And why? Why? What is this? Be very specific. Don't. Okay. Um, The classism, the racism, the, the isolation of thought, the idea that you're supposed to go along with things if you, want, if you want to get ahead, the way that, you know, everything's been structured and tiered. Um, I mean, I could, I could take this back to Christianity, but... Oh, no, let's go, let's go back to Christianity. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you start this, and, and, you know, as a Catholic, I feel like I have the right. Yes, I was raised Catholic as well. So, hey, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean... There, I can tell you. I can you know, tell you. The Catholic Church was the <laughs> catalyst for all of this. All of this. Exactly. Because I questioned, I was like, who the fuck? He's infallible. How in the hell is a man infallible? 
How is he the only one? But you just, wait a minute. Okay, so when does the infallibility come from? Because when y'all have the conclaves and y'all deciding, you're just mere, <laughs> you're just mere bishops, right? And oh, cardinals, excuse me, cardinals. But then all of a sudden you vote, you go in this room, smoke comes <laughs> up. And does that make him infallible? What, what changes him to infallibility? Not to mention the fact, well, okay, so you want to know why I'm an angry white girl? Because I'm a Catholic. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I then I had problems with the oh you don't believe in abortion. Well, oh, I mean, that's but but the I guess okay. So the Catholic Church is very wealthy. I say we send all the un, I mean all these unwanted babies to the Vatican. Let them do something with them. I feel like some really bad shit's gonna go down if that happens. Well, that was when I was younger. That was that was when I was like yeah. I was in the Catholic faith, <laughs> going to Catholic schools. And oh, like, you went to Catholic it, school? Oh my God, yes. Oh shit. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. My mom was raised Catholic in that respect. And my dad, I got kicked out of CCD, which was like public school (laughs) stuff, because I kept asking questions exactly about infallibility. Mm -hmm. I was pushing it up against science that I knew, against history that I knew. What saved me was the Catholic school I went to. I was living in Chicago at the time. The Catholic school I went to was- Oh, wait, you're from Chicago? No, I'm from, no, I'm not from Chicago. I lived there. I went to high school there. Because oh, I'm from Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I went to uh, some, I had, thankfully I had liberal nuns, white nuns. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there at the high school, they were pissed that they couldn't do mass. So we did, we studied comparative religions. We studied all Wait, kinds of stuff. Um, St. Gregory. Okay. All right. I knew a bunch of people from St. Ignatius. Yes. That was one of our rivers school. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yep. yep. Um, so yeah. And so thankfully <laughs> I had those nuns in my life in my formative years because they mm-hmm. allowed us and encouraged us to question. Totally. Were they, were they the part of the like Franciscan order that are like the actual socialist wing? Yep. Of- yes. They were like, why can't we do mass? I don't get it. The- <laughs> oh no, no. My, um, my great aunt Ott graduated high school in 1950 and was like, fuck this. I want nothing to do with Chicago. I don't want to have children. I want to help the world. And like, she, we called her not a nun. Um, (laughs) The family was like, she's the beatnik. And she lived in the village in the fifties. She lived in San Francisco in the sixties and LA in the seventies. And I made a joke when I moved to Portland that I was like, I'm actually in one of these like allegedly hip areas. Why the hell is it not here? But she was like the socialist arm of the white people of Chicago. And um, it was, I finally got to meet, she was like a superhero to me because mm-hmm. she was, she was hushed about because you don't talk about the ones that didn't have kids. And oh yeah, about, yeah, 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 yeah. If you're from a Polish Catholic family without money, you don't talk about the ones that get away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Talk my grandmother down like a hundred different times from like, the second I started talking at like eight or nine months to like when I got a nose ring in college and when she first saw me, she's like, I really thought you should have gotten a septum ring. She's like, with that cute little button nose. And I was like, that's what I wanted. I heard it hurt. And, um, no, yeah. So you no, know, we come at this. I, I swear the Catholic church was the first thing, first powerful structure that yeah. I pushed against and was like, this does not sound <laughs> right. This does not feel right. Now, mind you, my mom and I were Catholic, but the rest of my family were some kind of um, like either Baptist, AME, you know, that. <laughs> so they were in the black Catholic church. But I can tell you that. in Okay. I actually feel like the black Catholic church would be. I, I mean, they were in the black 
church. Now we oh, did go right. to a no, we did go to a black Catholic church. Because I feel like that could be really kick ass. Oh no, all that is is Baptist people with church with Catholics. That is a short. It's a short. It's you a get short. To Daedric. Huh? Do you get to Daedric? Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's 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 the it's the it's just forty five minutes. That's all. They can get yeah. all the gossip gospel music in and everything. And for yeah, get it in and get it out. Yeah. All right. I, you know, I was thinking because. The only reason I'm confirmed is that somebody started a rumor <laughs> that you couldn't get married in a Catholic church if you wanted to when you're older and like write it out right when I was at the age where I had the option to become confirmed. And I figured if I actually believe in marriage, I might want like a super goth cathedral that's like extra scary and extra creepy with like, you know, like do like the full thing with joy division and like gargoyles and just really <laughs> creepy shit. Like, cause if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really make a scene and like, Hey, no pun intended or no, or it, it's, exactly. I've been, like, I've been causing the scene my whole damn life too. <laughs> too. And like, I mean, have you, this is the one poster of a movie that I have. Oh, okay. The um, Muppet Caper. Yeah. If you haven't seen that recently, I highly recommend it. Oh, I haven't it seen is, it in years. Okay. It is brilliant. It is a satire within a satire within a satire. Okay. It is, okay. It is. Okay. It has some of the most anti-capitalist rhetoric that I can remember. And like, and, and, oh, it's, it's, it's just, anti, it, it is anti-capitalist. It is so like, just. Well, so that's interesting because I'm not anti-capitalist. I don't know where I am on that. I, I definitely am not anti-capitalist. I'm anti um, the fact that we have uh, uh, global economic systems are rooted in white supremacy. I'm oh, actually yeah. I'm, I'm I'm actually against that. But well, we've never tested capitalism without white supremacy. Is it possible? I, I believe it is because the people who were thinking about um, capitalism is only a theory. It's how it's been implemented. The people who oh, were like actually it. thinking about the theory weren't thinking about oppression. They were actually thinking of um, and moral um, morality yeah. and helping the, the, the your fellow man. They right. weren't talking about oppression. Um, Adam Smith was actually an abolitionist specifically for yeah. um, slaves in America. Mm -hmm. uh, in the United States. I don't say America because that's imperialist. There are, no. there are four Americas. <laughs> right, but I mean, imperialism, imperialism and... and, and yeah, I am an angry white woman, and I think that we just hit the root of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to test, can we have capitalism without white supremacy? Because any other economic systems we have are all rooted in white supremacy. I don't want to hear I get people telling me about, oh, socialism. and No, communism, all of it is rooted in white supremacy. Every well, last want, one of it. On top of, and I didn't mean to speak over, <laughs> over you by any sense of the term, but you get into socialism and immediately you get into all of the, the dudes that are really new at politics and really new at how the world actually works that are just like, no, no, we need to do it this way. And then they and they're the angry white dudes that are like, no, no, I understand how this is. And I need to reset it because I understand what's best. Oh, I mean, now you're talking about social dilemma, the movie. Have you seen that one yet? Yeah, I got bored. Oh, oh, oh yes, it was very boring. But we did a Netflix party. So we had we were oh. yeah talking because it's just another example of people who get to fuck up, who get to come back as heroes as I can, I fucked it up. So now I can fix it. You know, South Park's mock. Well, back when I used to do like content driven shit for media online, when I basically would go into like, I started, I graduated in 99. I went to, by the way, just don't peak at 22. Don't get out of college, get your dream job. And then like, 
have the economy implode and your city explode within a year. It's just pro tip if you can help it. (laughs) Well, sorry, uh, people in 2020. (laughs) Yeah, it's a... don't peak at 22. I mean, it's 2020, so it's mm-hmm. only going to go downhill. But like, um, I was, I got to be a TV critic because I knew mm-hmm. how to code because I was a hacker kid. And and I didn't, my parents didn't even have a computer until halfway to the end of almost getting into college. And I would just go into, ran, I just really liked going into weird bulletin boards and reading about UFO chat boards and, and chats and need and things like that. And from that, I learned how to code. And then when I wanted to, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor and because I was a pre-med tracked nerd child. And, um, and I ended up a TV critic, which meant that my only real goals that I set when I was like, oh, I'm allowed to make fun of television and I'm getting paid for it. And I have health <laughs> that insurance. Checks bo- that um, checks the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't gotten that like fully <laughs> since uh-huh. like 2000, 2001. And then they were like, oh, the economy's done. All right, you can, you can go on that. And then I, you know, launched a whole bunch of sites and realized, oh, I could go kind of like, if I, if I push the nerd shit that I can do really well, I can get more work in the few spaces that existed because I don't know how many people really forget this or just weren't old enough mm-hmm. to know it, but the economy was shit. From like 2001 and to then it went shit again in eight five ish, <laughs> because that was after because we had the we had the the, the first dot com bubble at ninety nine right. right yeah 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 that's right when I graduated that's how and I everybody got so we had that plus everybody worried about Y two K I um I took my first vacation days ever in my life to go back to Wisconsin and they were like reason for day, taking the day off and I was like. I'm genuinely terrified about the future (laughs) because I figured like, I don't want to be in New York when this happens. (laughs) Um, So naturally like that Tuesday that I decided to not get off on battery park and and walk North to work a year and a half later. Well, that happened. Yeah. But um, I, I got into trouble. Like a couple days later, my friends and I went down to where you were allowed to go and there were just these beautiful messages that everyone was writing, you know, about this. And I just wrote something along the lines of how about instead of looking for war, we ask why this happened in the first place, because. Oh shit. Yeah. A little old lady tried to punch me in the face. Damn Liz. <laughs> shit. Yeah. I've been angry for a while. You've been putting your finger in the bear hole and, and, and somebody's bullet wound for a while. Just like turning it. Just like. I've been doing it since. Since December 7th, 1984, when my parents moved to Brookfield, Wisconsin, Reagan had just won, and I was like, fuck it, I have nothing to lose. I don't like these people anyway. <laughs> oh, my word. That's how the hashtag called the scene started. I was like, fuck it, I don't have anything else to lose. What the fuck? I have nothing to lose. Why? I'm going to say what the fuck I feel. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was very outspoken as a child as well, but mm-hmm. growing up as a, you know, in the South as a Black girl, we get shut down or they tried to shut me down. <laughs> I'm glad um, that they, I'm glad that you figured out how to worm your way back, not worm your way back, but yeah, that's, it, it's a, it. like, people like, how are, you, 
You know how they're like, how are you like this? Shit, I was like this at two. Um, it was just people saying, oh, that's not appropriate. That's not nice. That's not what girls do. And it was like always fucking men. So I got to a point, until you have a vagina, don't tell me about what girls do. <laughs> and, just... that, and, and, and again, let me stop right there because I don't want to make that um, uh, 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 something against trans individuals. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying in my experience, this was what I was saying to people. Um Leave me the fuck alone. I'm doing, I'm me. I, I, it, I fought so hard not to go. It seemed like everything I did was fight, fighting not to conform. It was like, this does not feel right. This does not. What is this shit? You say be, you say, tell the truth, but not to them. You say, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> My dad gave me really good advice when I was a little kid and I forgot how it went, but it was sort of just like a way to like ground yourself, how to test if a person is okay, like how to know if you're allowed to tell the truth or not. And it, and I think I've had like a series of teachers since then, but at some point, and I must've been really young because I remember, oh, I have a freaky weird memory. Like a, I was a creepy little white kid. Um, <laughs> I was so creepy. I tried to sabotage my parents moving to the suburbs for two years. And I would like put little like cards that were just like, don't, don't buy this house. I and I would like, this is like peak children of the corn era. And I had bright white hair and I would literally look at them with my big ass blue eyes and be like, I come with the house. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. And I would literally look at them with my big ass blue eyes and be like, I come with the house. <laughs> and, I'm like, and, and then I would just be like, no, 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 you need to look at like page 17, subclause B. I actually come with the house. I've spoken to the realtor. And I would like leave creepy little messages in different parts that only like someone seriously looking at the place would get. And um, I stand by with that. Like it was a beautiful Dutch colonial. I, you know. <laughs> wow. Was, wow. Like, you were a creepy little white kid. I was a creepy little white kid. And then like the second we got to the suburbs, I was like, so how come we're not going to the symphony four times a semester? What the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> How come, we're not, how come I'm not, where's my Spanish teaching? Like, how come I'm not doing Suzuki violin? And they were like, what the fuck kind of Milwaukee kid are you? And then they made me take some gifted thing. And I was just, oh, I quit that because the woman was so racist and like bigoted towards everyone that I literally just was like, no, I don't like you anymore. I'm not going to your classes. You say shitty things <laughs> or, or whatever a third grader's Version oh, of definitely. So, so tell me, because I love, <laughs> I love hearing this. People pick apart Portland because Portland's supposed to have this, this reputation of being so liberal. Such a, yeah, you can be liberal as fuck when it's all white. I mean, it's easy exactly. to be. <laughs> exactly. In fact, when I moved, I've had a running joke because I think this is moving here was like my tenth move, but. You know, my city blew up. I had to live with my parents for a little bit. Like I had to live in Chicago. It was just, it was a mess. And the nice thing about Chicago was that I got to know my cool beatnik aunt aunt. And she gave me so many tips on like mm. being a good ally, being, knowing how to sit 
like sit down and let other people talk knowing, which I knew a lot because Brunel was awesome for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get 1200 nerds in a cornfield and like, you actually have to listen to everybody's stuff and really respect it and for good and for bad. You, it, it did some really amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. It also did a lot of harm, but you know, everybody who's a teenager that goes off to college is going to do harm. Yep. Yep. But, but like at the same time, like when I was talking to my, my aunt, Ott, she was one of the ones, the Catholic, not a nun, not technically a nun, but like she helped move the white people into say into Selma and into DC to help give more, more mass to mass, no pun intended, but like to get the white people to who, who did want to help. This is how you can actually use this for that. And, and also, you know, it was just like, no, if you're a white person, you stand on the outside when Mm -hmm. doing a March, when you're doing like, she gave me all of the really good tips and, oh uh, wow, that, that's amazing! Because I, I now so it's like, whew, yeah. Okay, so 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 you move to Portland and you yeah. realize that mm, there's something in the water here. <laughs> um, it's not that. I think that it. it well, yeah, no, there is, and it's calcium and <laughs> the natural fluoride. Because if you, oh, I can't even remember which election it was, but people, they wanted to add fluoride in the water, but there was already fluoride in the water. And the hippies went nuts. <laughs> but um, but the fir- my, like, my first year or two here, I saw a bunch of signs, like very, very homemade signs about coal trains coming down where they were going to, well, they are, um, strip mining, a bunch of mountains in Idaho and Washington and they were moving it down the Columbia river. And all I could think of was like, Oh, cool. I moved here because it seems like it might be one of the last places to get fresh water in the United States when the shit really hits the fan and we hit full Mad Max. This is pre fury road, but you know, we're halfway there now. And, um, and now they're going to poison this last existing water system. It's going to, you know, this is also these trains are, going to blow up. So I started getting involved because I realized I had been working in marketing and I had been working in media for a decade. And I was like, I can at least turn this into a more mainstream thing instead of these homemade signs. That's basically just a hippie guidepost. That's just like, Hey, you know, you're looking to protest. Here's an idea. And, um, I helped a little, I think the most useful thing that I got out of that experience in actual quantifiable sort of useful terms is there was a 25 year old Trustafarian who was a neighbor or a roommate of a friend of mine who, who I met through all of this, who wanted to flip a table for the coal, the pro coal lobbyists. And I was just like, no, dude, don't do this. The nuns from the, the same kinds of, of socialist nuns got three buses of people from Salem, Oregon to come up here to, to get a bigger event. If you add to this narrative that ecology is, you know, filled with white radicals, you're going to hurt everybody involved, including uh, roommate. Okay. So you just spoke to it. This is what gets on my nerves of these progressives who have Thank this, you. who have this revolution. It's like, do you not know who the fuck is going to get hurt when you flip right. these tables? They will not be flipped on you. They're going to be flipped on the most vulnerable. Oh, the worst part was, is I had an idea of the level of income he came from because he had this La Crusette thing that he was using to make some vegan bullshit. And I was just like, (laughs) 
oh, come on. I've been a sellout for 20 years and I can't afford this. Like, you did not go to Home Goods on a clearance sale, sir. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, what's so funny? Because this is like the second conversation I've had in the last three weeks of some white privileged individual getting on their soapbox about something and being very obstinate about it. And, and none of it impacts you. It's like, wait. <laughs> oh, completely. And at one point, like, I'm, but Portland is, is a huge amount of that. And Portland is filled. I had a, I had a really good, I don't want to call it a breakthrough, but my uncle asked me on my birthday, which was in the end of July. Um, of course, I'm a late July, Leo. That's just, that's how we roll. <laughs> We're loud. We're obstinate. <laughs> we'll pretend we don't believe in astrology, but like, I don't know what CoStar is. I just know that it's freaky. <laughs> and, um, in fact, I didn't even look at it for today. But um, it, my uncle was asking me like, what's the deal with all the white people in Portland? And I was like, okay, so this is, I was like, this is where we have to go. And I was like, do you understand what the role is of a good white person? Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. All people are assholes. And I was like, Right. Okay. So what does a good white person mean to you? And then he kind of laid it out and I was like, okay, that just basically means that they went to college or they're wealthy or they're doing better than you think. And he was like, well, I was like, do you consider yourself to be a good white person? He's like, well, I don't rob a bank. And I was like, okay, well, what does robbing a bank mean? Like, does it mean, he's like, you know, putting a a hood on or a, a ski mask on and a, and, and a gun. And I was like, okay, but what does it mean if you're slowly siphoning money off of a bunch of things through the government and you're changing stuff? He's like, well, yeah, those are abusive assholes. And I was like, okay, right. So basically good means you're not actively trying to cause harm or you're non-threatening to somebody else. And he's like, yeah, basically, you know, I don't run people off the road. And I was like, but what if they're a dick? And he's like, no, I still don't do that. I was like, okay, so you've got a baseline. And I was like, so what does mm-hmm. a good black person mean to you? And he's like, I don't know, Obama? And I was like, but why is he good? And, and I basically walked him through a bunch of stuff that he didn't get because he grew up with my mom's family. Well, my parents got set up on a blind date that was actually a dare. But because um, their brothers were best friends and they were like, you know, I bet my brother or my sister is going to walk out of this, this little meetup first. And it actually is my uncle Mike who started it. Anyway, I think I've been angry the whole time. <laughs> but, but in any case, I was like, okay, so what does this mean? Does this mean that they have money? Does this mean that they have power? Mm-hmm. Does this mean mm-hmm. that they're abusing power or not mm-hmm. abusing power? Mm-hmm. And why is nice considered a good thing? Like, what is the difference between good and bad? And basically he was like, so the ultimate, it took almost two hours and, and a couple bottles of wine, but hey, Catholics and, um, and birthday, but, but Catholics. And, um, I was just like, you know, he's like, oh, I missed all of these other steps. And I was like, right. People in Portland and people in Madison and people in these sort of liberal enclaves of, of predominantly white people which he, they live in the high desert and we've been making jokes continuously about the end of the world because, you know, I, I respect their survivalist stuff. And I used to hang out with them. We would watch Die Hard and drink a lot on um, Christmas because, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? And, um, in any case, I was just like, well, the thing is, is that good white people are told, if you do this, you're good. If you achieve this, you're good. If you do 
this, this, and this, you're, you're good. And now people are learning that all of the things that they were told that made them good actually causes a shit ton of harm and they're freaking out. To which he was like, so basically they're learning to just stand up for their friends. And I was like, yeah. He's like, why did they have to take this long to learn it? And I was like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> well, the it, question, I mean, for him to even ask the question is like, why did it take him that long to even to understand it? Completely. 100% that. But at the same time, the people who wanted out of Northern Illinois, out of, wanted out of, of what are now suburbs of Chicago, what are of that, and just were just like, fuck it, I'm just going to live my life and be friends with the people who, who I'm friends with, which is my aunt and uncle's whole ethos. Um, there's a whole series of people that don't feel like they're allowed to speak up about this because they aren't of the class or the stature or the whatever within the white community. And they have just levels of just being told, no, your voice doesn't count, which, I mean, there's abuse in every possible level of this. And they're, and the people that are the cruelest and have the money and have the power to, to make sure that all of this stuff gets pushed down are always the ones that rise up. Cause they mm-hmm. also, have because this, okay. So, so <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I appreciate the, this conversation because it, it, it brings up a lot of challenges for me. Um, yeah. in the fact of it's still cast white folks as a hero or victim and never the villain. Oh yeah. But they also have no idea how to not do that. And, and, and that, and that, that's the first step though. That is the first step is to understand that I am a part of a system. There is no goodness in whiteness. There is no goodness in whiteness. It was created specifically to juxtapose blackness and make blackness bad. Yes. It was also there to juxtapose and consistently push down everyone who wasn't considered good or had the option to be good in the first place. See, that, see but see, the reason I challenge that is because these are why I don't like terms like good, nice, and fair. Oh, yeah, Only people in power get to d- define those. Completely. And that, and that changes. That's transient. Completely. It changes based on... Um, the mood based yeah. on who's benefiting. Um, uh, 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 it, hell, it, it changes. Just the weather changes, and that changes. Um, I was trying. Exa- oh, I, I agree with you a hundred thousand percent. And um, you had a you had a post right when the Kenosha psychopath killed people, and, I, and something about we needed to call in our family and recognize that it's our family. Um, and that white people... Oh, no, no, no. What I said was, everybody keeps saying him. He, he, he. Yeah. No, no, no. It's all of y'all. Oh, yeah. it, it is all of you. Yeah. And everybody... Whiteness gets to distance itself from him because then he's an anomaly. He's not. And, and, and that's, that's the point. Yeah. And everybody wants to say him. He's... he's they use the word crazy. He's crazy. He's insane. No. Or he's, no. or he's, he, it's just him by himself. No, no, no. All of whiteness. Yeah. And this is where I'm going to challenge because even as sweet as you are, Liz, you have the potential to harm me. Oh yeah. Except be a whiteness. Yeah. No. And, and maybe not, maybe not you, you don't see it as an individual. I mean, no, no, I, this I, is, I get it. This is why I talk about whiteness as a construct and put it equally against blackness. And then I allow individual white people through demonstrated consistent behavior 
to to prove that they can be trusted. Oh yeah. The problem is that whiteness is supposed to be trusted by default. Yeah. That's and bullshit. so when whiteness is tr- when whiteness is trusted by default, any kind of challenge I give is is already wrong. Yeah. No. No. That's that's complete bullshit. And that's actually what my dad was sort of teaching me when I was a really little kid. Is like this is how you can trust anybody. And and also he was constantly working on things that are now called anti-racism when he was an engineer at General Motors and he. He worked as a mechanical engineer and would work on the floor and his friends were generally speaking not white. And so if he brought them to social engagements in Milwaukee, people would give him really bad, they'd give him bad looks and he would just be like, what's your deal? And it was, you know, that was sort of the world that I grew up in where everything was constantly being challenged in the seventies and in the eighties and watching how, when we moved to the suburbs, anything that, Anything that that wasn't a consumer-driven cap, like straight. Oh, I, the level of 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 full. So then, my question for you is: Why did you move? Why did your parents move? Um, they were from Chicago. They didn't know Brookfield's reputation. They were worried about. Um, there were a lot of really, really fucked up uh, school. Like there were a lot of rumors about busing and what was going on. Okay, so that's what I'm going. Okay, so oh no, they're they're not. They're no, 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 no. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you because this is this is. There's always a reason. Yeah. This is. Oh no, there's, I, there's always a reason why white folks can get up and move. Why white folks can get up and disconnect themselves from. Well, okay, I did see a lot of violent crime as a child. Like I personally, it, it, it and neither did I, and I'm black. And I and I'm and I'm challenging you here because this is for a larger audience. Because yeah. at least you're fucking aware of it. Most folks aren't even aware of this shit. Yeah. So you you agreed to come on the show. So this oh, is I'm where happy we to be are. Here and I'm happy to be challenged. I genuinely <laughs> love learning when I'm wrong because that means there's room to learn. Because my the thing the, this this is the wiggle room, and this is why I don't give white people a out. Because I don't give you an inch because you you will break the door down. The fact that you're telling me that your dad did pre anti-racist work and yet he moved to a suburb that had no black people i have a i it's a we had four the fact that and the fact that you can (laughs) count them on your hand is disgusting i know it's um and so um and so i see this is why is it's it's the whole and you're doing it it's the whole but we're different no you're not and when white people when white people realize i am not different i am uh, i have and, and I have been bathed in white supremacy. I'm so sorry. I, I get it. I'm sorry. So, no, no, no. There, there's no apology here. It is just because... because no, no, but I'm personally sorry because I know the brand that you were exposed to. And even for all of the good that my Aunt Ott has done, she still had a white savior complex. And exactly. And so that's what we need to talk about. That's yeah. the shit we... It's not about making this clean path or, or, or whitewashing it, it is saying this is why there is no goodness in whiteness because it taints everything. Well, exactly. And also I think with Portland, especially there, it's just, it's like, there's so much, honestly, that's a, that's a 17 long series and in, in that shit itself. But it's like, there's such a white savior complex where last week, the week before our first we thank you for giving me the time to, to not speak the other Monday, but um, you have a group of people that go in support in allyship and, and they're doing really hard, really dangerous work and they aren't 
cognizant of how much physical and emotional danger they're in. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. cognizant of how much physical and emotional danger they're in or the fact that they've had they have serious trauma and serious PTSD and this is and this is of all this is all the groups um that show up to to fight the police and to fight our mayor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fight. oh yeah that's what, that? and that's what white folks realize and this shit is hard work this is not no, this yeah. is not this is not a picnic you don't go to a fucking protest thinking it's going to be a picnic but they do almost, and and that is where uh, uh, this is what again. First of all, there are no white saviors. White saviors come from that that missionary bullshit of assimilate. The I'm not a white supremacist. I believe that so white so so white supremacists believe that other people are inherently inferior and they cannot change. An assimilationist is a person believes. That there that, that we're different and I'm gonna and, and I if I give you this, if, if you if I teach you these lessons, you will come up, you will, you will thrive, you will come out of your barbarism. But it's all based on whiteness being a default. And I'm gonna tell you, there is I don't see any humanity in whiteness at all. None. Yeah. The fact that black people do, and I say this all the time, do not cold cock y'all asses as soon as we fucking see you on the street, says something about our humanity and not your humanity. So when I have these conversations and, and you're doing it and I don't and 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 I'm and I'm making an example of you because so many people do it, is these little things of but but not no 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 Mm-mm. you gotta stop saying not me. <laughs> well and this is why I don't like allies. You can support, but I there is no I don't oh, believe in allies. I I agree. I also because people like titles. Yeah, that's that's its own mess. <laughs> but there's also a level of this is my experience, this is what I know, so that that way when you're going into something and 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 I am 
the person that I am. If you tell the stories that sort of shape you and put you into those positions, people are better able to understand what your biases are, understand what, what your, your sort of the gaps that you have and, and, and can show you, can teach you and share pieces that you actually need to know. And, 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 and that is, that is, I have no problem with that. That is what's necessary. What the problem though, this is a slippery slope of, oh, yeah. let me tell my story. I'm a hero or a victim. It slips oh. right into that. And, and then that is where, or I'm in a, I've done something in this moment that was quote unquote good. That negates all the negative shit I've done. Or I no. do this one, or I do this one very harmful thing or minor harmful thing. But look at what I did over here. I don't give a shit what you did over there. That just, it just reminds me of my actual, like the show, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the second I saw how that show was going to roll out. I yeah, I to, couldn't watch it. I, I watched yeah, it I like the no first shit out of there. I watched, and there's some people who love that fucking show. And I'm like, yeah, no, can't do it. Cannot do it. Um, yeah, it has some flaws. And it's also written by a bunch of people that were Twitter comedians that became famous through Twitter. And once I actually learned how TV sitcoms got made, which is basically a series of Mad Libs with like <laughs> singers, I, and then I realized who was actually writing the show and which Twitter comedian it was. I was like, oh, this is even more predictable and depressing than I expected. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's... And so that's, 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 this is... And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I appreciate you being... Um, well, you know, it's my show, but I'm, I appreciate you not just walking out at this point because I, oh, this okay. is the work that needs to happen. White yeah. folks need to get used to being challenged on the bullshit. It's not that it's yeah. your fault. That's why I say whiteness. It is a dangerous construct mm-hmm. and it is harming everybody. Mm-hmm. And so when white folks believe that are taught that they're the default and then everybody else is taught that they're the default. I mean, I know whiteness better than white people do because I've had to learn to navigate it. Completely. And so, and so people want to act like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm like, I know y'all better than you know yourselves. This is why I can predict what the fuck is about to happen. Everybody is getting, everybody's looking at what's happening right now. Um, we're four weeks away from the election. Everybody's getting bored. <laughs> everybody's wrapped up in this, in this president's COVID. He's going to tweak this. So he's a hero out of this whole fucking thing. Um, I don't be surprised if he gets a goddamn bump. Because he's, oh my God, he's a savior. He has corona and he survived if he survives. Um, and then, and then, um, and then it is always, it's the, it's the, it's the, this the little, okay, that, 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 that gives us some breathing room. The next hit is going to be on November 4th when we don't know who the hell the president is and all hell is going to break loose because they are going to, he's going to claim he won and all hell is going to break loose. And all you people who think that protesting is a picnic, you better get your goddamn armor out. You better get your guns out because these motherfuckers are coming. And the longer it takes for this damn election to be decided, the worse it's going to get. And this is where people who are in the most marginalized are going to realize that the majority of these white people are not on our side because they can fall back to their white communities, their white suburbs, because the vote means nothing at this point. Yes, go vote. We need to get this motherfucker out. But Biden is not a better choice. Yeah, there's. I've been holding on to my own personally constructed conspiracy theory about hopefully 
him going to the Hague at some point. Like maybe. Oh, hell, they want Kissinger. So um, his ass, <laughs> you know, it's like people act like this shit is this shit is not new. This has been an yeah. This, I know. So people are like, oh, Mitch McConnell. This, how do you appeal to somebody's morals when they have no morals? These people are not like they didn't change. Why are we calling out Pelosi and Schumer? They're not well, all of them. It's yeah. but it's not like. But I was talking about specifically yeah. about this this nomination for the Supreme Court. Yeah. This has been the plan since the fucking seventies. Do you think they're gonna stop now that they have a goddamn door open? <laughs> I agree. They're about to ram this shit in. No KY jelly. Just fucking. <laughs> it's just about to go. <laughs> no, it's, it's. I'm laughing because I actually am am seeing her like I somehow bizarrely like in a stress moment pick the absolute worst apartment for me possible. And it's like on this busy road. I hear the violence from downtown. I, I, people have shot guns outside of my window two different times. And the first time there were 50 rounds. It was definitely like, and I was up just freaking out, wondering how to pay rent, how to, how to eat, how to do anything. And I thought initially it was fireworks. And I was like, no, the light to noise ratio isn't immediate. Mm -hmm. And I hit Mm -hmm. the deck and like, Thank God I worked the night shift in the news for three shitty fucking years. But like, I knew like, oh, that is legitimate stuff. Yeah, yeah. and and people keep fucking keep, and that's why I took last week off because I realized I have been I have been telling people for over a year it's gonna get bad. Oh, and yet and yet I hadn't prepared myself. I was like, oh, I need to take a week off. I need to get my shit together. Because why do you think I've been looking at prepper blogs from like the yes? Oh yes. (laughs) Yes. Also, if people I think you're exaggerating. I'm like, I am not fucking exaggerating. This, these people, this is the, this is the Messiah moment they have been waiting for. Oh, on top of that, you get, okay. So back to, to what you were saying about how we need to own our shitty white people, because that's a hundred percent fucking true. The reason Portland is such a powder cake is because the people are so new at this and they're so locked into this, like, and they, th- and not only that they're new, but they think they know what the fuck they're doing. So right. it's like, shut up. You don't know. <laughs> right. But it's like, it's like I had no doubt of activism after I tried to do environmental stuff. And I had to tell a hippie who lived with another hippie, don't fucking flip the table because you're going to fuck this yep. whole lot yep. for everybody. Yep. Yep. I shouldn't have to tell you this. How the fuck do you people not know this information? Yep. Yep. And then when Black Lives Matter happened, the people, some of the people that I knew were at the front line. I was like, why the fuck are you at the front line? Do you not understand optics? You claim to work <laughs> in media. Get in the back. Oh, and then we have the moms. The moms take over. And then we have the naked white chick and she gets the, the new... Actually, she wasn't white. She, she was Asian. Is that's and that's that, that that does not help me at all. I am fully aware, and I'm just woo, model minority and, and white passing. God damn, it's just like on top of the fact that she probably, from my understanding, worked at one of the vegan strip clubs. So that's obviously a the, yeah. So, but that's the thing. It's like you can't have these levels of like, but I do this, 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 and this, and think that that undermines yes. or fixes any of this shit. Yes, and like. My my college advisor, who um, Keisha Scott, if you've never read any of her books, I think she's wonderful and her books are wonderful. And and when we reconnected in the past year and a half, she was like, listen to this. And I ended up on a call listening to Angela Davis. And I was like, mm. thank you. You are my mm-hmm. advisor. But um, the whole thing is just because she was, I was like, you're such a, you're not a good white kid. And I'm like, no. And she's like, you 
you do all of this stuff to pass, but, but they won't, you know. And that's the thing that you just hit on. And I don't want to, I don't want this to get away. And I say this all the time, black women are the moral compass of this country and our, all of our liberation has to come through us. I don't, and people think, and I know people think it's just because I'm a black woman. I know what I've, what I have to do to endure to make it every fucking day. And I see people who've been in this way longer than me and they still get up and white people take a hit and y'all just fall in a goddamn ball and, 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 or move out the, the going back to you move to the suburbs. We don't have a choice. We have to get up the next day and take care of shit every day. Well, and, and, and I mean, I, stopped being political here on purpose because I realized I was doing more harm than good because if I asked a follow-up question to somebody who had a, a Greenpeace sign up or, or some shit like that, I was like, oh, so you're doing this. What about this, this, and this? And how are you doing that? I would just see their heads just... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just like all these people who want to talk about climate change. Black folks don't fucking care about climate change. Let me tell you why we don't give a fuck about climate change. Because all this fuck this pollution and shit, if we dealt with anti-racism, we were actually being anti-racist, climate change and all these other damn things would be taken care of. But they well, want to do isolated shit because this is some futuristic shit. This is some, yeah. oh, we can... But they don't want to deal with the shit right now. The fact that shit is happening right now. Well, okay, but here's the thing that that I actually decided this is the, this is the front that I'm working on specifically in Portland as myself with the level of information that I do have where I can help. The people that are fronting ecology, the people that are talking about climate change here are all middle-aged white men who all think they're the Lorax. Mm-hmm. And when the fucking trees are, are losing their leaves in the middle of July and we haven't had any rain and they've had tear gas the entire fucking time and people and the women are starting women of any possible biological description um, or gender, regardless mm-hmm. of their gender, but any female biologically, bo- however, the sh- however that shit works, regardless mm-hmm. of where they are on mm-hmm. the spectrum of gender, started having fucked up periods because they were exposed to tear gas, which is the only known side effect because of Syrian civil war, let mm-hmm. alone all of the women of any biological need or the mm-hmm. children or the men or any human being or the houseless people or fuck the plants, the animals, the crows. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. When you have this level of poison that, that the only group that's showing immediate changes are the, is a group that has a self cleaning system of, of every 28 to 30 days. So it's easy to recognize if, if some sort of, of system is, is, upended mm-hmm. not to mention the fact that it, the trauma and and the stress of being in a combat situation yep. which this mm-hmm. shit is like mm-hmm. i covered real wars for cbs news mm-hmm. this is this, yeah almost yeah. definitely almost definitely and so this, but this is the stuff i'm talking about it's like yeah white folks want to do these things in isolation we have to do this oh. shit together <laughs> the worst the worst thing that i think we have ever done is segregate history and science because oh. God, that's why I make people go back to history. You got to go, you have to understand your but, history. But also, you know, half a uh, scientific method and the metric system are based on Native American math and, and levels of balancing the, the environment. And the fact that they gave it to the French during the French Revolution or the French asked for it mm-hmm. has, I, I need to genuinely know my full references, but I've, I've checked with a bunch of my Native, prof- my native friends and my professor friends mm-hmm. about this. And they're like, it's, it's murky. It, there's not like a specific citation, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, 
the French and Indian War that happened before the American Revolution, and then the American Revolution happened, well, revolution in the sense that we decided to have feudalism Mm -hmm. (laughs) and monarchy without a king, but, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, The fact that when they were like, all right, you know, the guillotines are getting rusty. Uh, I want to stop you there because you just hit on because they 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 spin that narrative, and we just wanted our freedom. We didn't want to be taxed without representation. Oh, good God! But go ahead. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. This is this is my favorite point. Is that you know the majority of the people that were these people were you know second, third, fourth generation noblemen. Literally noblemen mm-hmm. yep. who didn't even fucking move over here until it was like safe for their family. Yes, exactly. They weren't the <laughs> pioneers. <laughs> right. Oh, fucking Grinnell College still calls themselves the pioneers. And it is my little personal like, well, if there's one thing I can fuck up, it's the fact that <laughs> my college still calls themselves that. And I'm like, no. You And they were like, well, what name do you think? And I'm like, colonizing antisocial nerds. <laughs> and, um, and I like I've had a couple different variations of it, but the, yeah, but but it all runs the same. Right, right. The same and, pool. and they're yeah, like, yeah. we don't think that's a good look. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like it's a really accurate look. And <laughs> that right there, you know, it's you know, it's, a little bit of accuracy might help us all. I was there because I figured I wouldn't get as arrested. But that's why we have people who are arguing about the 1619 Project. Bitch, this is history. Just because you didn't know it or you don't agree with it, does not make it not happen. Have happened. Not even, not even just that. I mean, you can have sixteen nineteen, but what about all the fucking raping and and, <laughs> and and all the other bullshit that happened before then? I think one of the 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 first day of my first American studies class, uh, my advisor Keisha was just like, "So white people kept showing up for at least a thousand, maybe ten thousand years, depending on this. Why did they decide to stay?" And I, that's a question that I think about a lot. Like it's, and not just because I'm obviously very, very Scandinavian, but um, what I think is actually quick, fun, a side note, there were three Westman brothers that came over and two of them looked at the United States and were like, oh, fuck this. I'd rather be a dirt farmer in the old country and went back. And my actual cousins that live there are as angry and as white as I am for similar reasons. And anytime Sweden has ever been put in a positive light, they're like, no, no, no. Here's the deal. Oh my God. Thank you. I wish we had more time because, oh my yeah. God, I get so sick of people acting like um, U.S. is the only place we have shitty ass white no! people. No! <laughs> but also, but I mean, I can ask my cousin Eileen. She actually looks almost identical to me, but she has a legitimate smile because I think that's what happens when, like, <laughs> you're not brought a legitimate up. Legitimate smile. I've never heard of that term. That's cute. <laughs> but, no, it's kind of freaky. It's like one of those. Um, Oh, the identical cousins that mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. from the 50s that was yep. on Nick and I, um, Patty Duke, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, oh, actually, she's cool. She uh, is a product manager now for Absolute Vodka, but she did their very first, uh, you know how they have the blue bullshit in the bottle mm-hmm. itself? Mm-hmm. She decided for their, like, she proposed a thing where instead of using like a wrapper or any kind of plastic bullshit, to use the actual blue of, the existing product line to make um, kind of pepper peppermint swirls mm-hmm. in the bottle. And then she got promoted, which I was just, I'm really happy about that. It was their very first anti-plastic Christmas line. And I was like, Oh my, my cousin, <laughs> but let alone the fact that my entire family is just like, no, 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 here's the deal. with Here's the deal with Sweden. Like we're racist. We've got idiots in charge. Like, and that's, it's, again, 
Yeah. And it goes back to that, the capitalism thing. It, until we, I've seen an experiment where we're not, everything's not rooted in white supremacy, um, then I'm, I'll be sold. So what would you like to say in your final moments on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Can I quote the jerk? Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Lord all I want is my thermos. All I want is my all I want is my all I want is my lunchbox. Nope. All I want is my thermos. <laughs> that used to be my um that was my my okay. Shit Shinola. Shit Shinola. <laughs> all I'm saying is Lord loves a working man and don't trust white. <laughs> and we'll end by that. Lord loves a working man, don't trust Whitey. <laughs> I'm as white as they come. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a very interesting me. conversation. I yeah, really I, enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I feel like we just scraped the tip. Yes, of yes, we did. I, we did. Anytime you on or off the record, I am. I am here for you. I love what you're doing. I, you know, whatever I can do to break down the shit that that holds my ass up. Well, one question I did want to ask since you have all this gump before we leave, why haven't you volunteered to work for the Hashtag Cause team? team? I didn't know that was a thing. Um, Yeah, we need um, video audio producers. We need transcribers. Uh, Okay. Uh, Yeah. I was a journalist. I can do whatever you want. Oh, okay. Well, I definitely want to have talk to you about a project that I'm working, that I'm putting together. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm totally on board. Um, My only real thing is I have... Um, I'm moving to not to not this giant fishbowl from hell mm-hmm. on a busy street where people just let off guns on the reg and oh god damn I live next to a, a bar which in a very funny way I'm like oh well you know I don't drink enough to know to not live next to a bar anymore which I guess is a is a is a step up but it's it's been a year it's been a year. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) Have a great day. (laughs) You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcallthescene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.